today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Parliament gets underway after the speech from the throne next week. And in anticipation, and I guess to plan for that, uh, uh, Trudeau government is now having a, a cabinet retreat where they're basically uh, going to go behind closed doors and put their heads together and talk about strategy and what sorts of programs that uh, they might be entertaining uh, to put forth in this uh, next session of Parliament, which is going to be kind of tricky, of course, because it's a minority government. And uh, if things don't go well, of course, they can be defeated and throw us into another election. And there's been all kinds of speculation as to what they're talking about. Uh, one of them, of course, about a housing uh, uh, program. Wouldn't that be sweet? Uh, some inter- employment insurance reform is up there. A number of different things. But uh, surprisingly, over the weekend, we've heard that uh, the basic income idea is on the table. That's the quote that we got from an insider uh, on the table and being seriously considered. As a matter of fact, local uh, cabinet minister, Philip Inutasi, uh, uh, from Hamilton, uh, mentioned uh, that uh, this is going to have to take serious consideration. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be in uh, the speech from the throne, but the fact that they're talking about it is, well, fascinating, to say the least. Now, we know that here in Ontario, uh, we've seen a version of that uh, back in the uh, later days of the uh, Kathleen Wynne government. They instituted a, a pilot project for basic income uh, with a handful of cities, uh, test cities, and Hamilton was one of them. Uh, the Ford government, uh, notwithstanding the fact that they promised to maintain the program, or at least the pilot project, canceled it just after they got elected, uh, which is unfortunate. But could it rise again from the ashes? Maybe. Let's ask Tom Cooper about that. Tom is the director for the Hamilton Roundtable for Poverty Reduction, who was deeply involved in the uh, pilot project for basic income a few years ago. Tom, thanks for joining us. Glad you could hop on today. Hey, Bill. Good to talk to you. You've been asking for years, ever since the Ford government announced that they were going to nix this program, that the federal government should pick up the ball. Are you are you confident that uh, that this might actually happen? I'm not confident yet, Bill. I am optimistic. And I, okay. I think, like you say, this could be a phoenix rising from the ashes. We've seen the impact of basic income locally uh, during those two years when, when it was tested here in Hamilton on more than 1,000 local residents. And to a person... Uh, the people who were participating in the basic income pilot felt that it was a positive experience. Uh, their their well-being improved. Uh, they were able to stabilize housing. They were eating better. Uh, they were getting healthier, which right now during this pandemic is more important than ever. And and so I think we do have some important lessons uh, from what we were able to take away from that short-lived uh, pilot. Tom, maybe give us uh, our listeners, especially maybe the ones down in London who we're not aware of the pilot project and see some of the results of that, uh, just how this works. I mean, it's been characterized by some of the critics and say, you just sit on your duff and do nothing and and they send you a check every month. It's not like that at all. Maybe you could explain the nuts and bolts of it. No, it's not like that at all. And as a matter of fact, a good number, more than half of the participants in the Ontario Basic Income Pilot were working. Uh, they were maybe working two or, or three part-time jobs in some cases, but they just weren't earning enough at those jobs to make ends meet. Uh, the other half of the participants were, were often people who were looking for work or they might have been on provincial social assistance programs. And as you and I have spoken about many times in the past, Bill, People on Ontario social assistance programs are living in some of the deepest poverty in society, uh, not earning enough to to meet basic needs, uh, let alone move ahead with their lives. Um, So the basic income pilot really did provide a new opportunity, a foundation really, for people uh, to to get their lives back in order, uh, to be able to meet their basic needs. 
Uh, and for the first time uh, for many in, in years, uh, they were able to participate in, in community once again. And, and that involved volunteering. It, it, it involved getting uh, uh, interacting once again with, with family members who they might not have, have seen in years. Um, many of the participants were actually going back to school as well. And uh, they were in the process of doing that when it was canceled, sadly. But uh, people really saw the basic income pilot as an opportunity uh, to break that cycle of poverty. And, and that's why it was so disappointing when it was canceled early. Yeah, and improve their situation. And I, I know that you introduced us on the program back in those days uh, to a couple of different clients that had actually gone that route and, and, and were enhancing their, their their employment opportunities. So there's a lot of good news there. And I, you know, that's why we were so upset that the government just nixed it. And their, their rationale at the time was, well, we don't have any data that shows it works. Well, you didn't look for it. That was part of the reason. Because the, <laughs> yeah. the report came out a little while after that. But here's that... here's the thing. And, and as I mentioned this in my commentary earlier this morning, uh, there are, again, there are going to be critics, and once if this does actually make it out of the, you know, the, the, the docket for this government, uh, that said this is just some crazy left-wing ideal. Uh, that's not the case at all. As a matter of fact, as, as you and I have talked about many times, uh, the staunchest supporter and one of the architects of the concept of this was actually a longtime conservative strategist and now Senator Hugh Siegel, who has been a champion for this. This is not a, a left-of-center uh, proposal. This actually has very strong roots within the conservative basis because it's it's a program to get people you know back out of the hole that we've dug ourselves into in some cases. Oh, absolutely. And Hugh has been a huge champion of this for for more than forty years. Uh, I, I recall he he was on your show back in March before yeah. uh, before the shutdown and uh, before the pandemic really hit us hard, but. He was able to, I think, articulate uh, very well the importance of, of basic income um, from a business perspective as well, and, and reminding us that that people need disposable income in our in our society to be able to buy goods and services. If they can't do that, if they're not getting any income, that's going to have a trickle down effect on on businesses and on the well-being of our economy. Um, so I, I think Hugh uh, certainly has been a, a tremendous champion for this idea for a number of years, and I believe he would probably be, be very excited about the potential of this announcement. But being an old uh, political hat, uh, he would probably also um, remind us that, uh, you know, this might just be a trial balloon that uh, this is something that's been promised by governments in the past and that we need to uh, ensure uh, that the uh, uh, pressure continues on, on government to, to ensure that uh, this isn't just a feel-good uh, sort of uh, trial balloon they're throwing out there, that, that we actually see some uh, results in next week's throne speech uh, that include uh, basic income. Tom, there's another element to this, too, and you just touched on it. I think it, we, we should amplify that. Uh, this program, and by the way, it's based on, on individuals. It's not just a big lump subject that everybody gets. Uh, but it puts a few extra bucks into people's pockets so they can maybe pay their rent. So that's one thing. We can talk about that in greater detail. But it also gives them disposable income. Uh, and, and you made this point very clearly, and so did Hugh Siegel when he talked about this when he was on our program. Uh, they're not going to take this extra money and go invest it in offshore accounts. Uh, like some other people that gets tax cuts from from previous governments, they're going to spend it locally. I yeah. mean, that's they're going to buy groceries, they're going to buy clothing, they're going to you know it's it's actually going to help the businesses in that particular area because those people who 
before could not participate because they just didn't have the money are now going to be able to contribute by buying things and, and rejuvenating local businesses and local economies. Oh, absolutely. It gets recirculated. Every dollar uh, that's provided in a basic income gets recirculated in the local community. So that's good. That's good for local economic development. It's good for local business owners. It's good for creating jobs as well. And as we saw with the Ontario pilot, although there were only a thousand people in Hamilton participating in, in the town of Lindsay, uh, it was more of a saturation site where, where almost 2,000 people were receiving it in, in that much smaller town. And they saw the immediate economic benefits of, of a basic income. Uh, businesses there were, were doing very well during the pilot. And then when it was canceled, um, many of them, sadly, uh, failed as a result. Uh, Frank, uh, one of our constant listeners and cherished listeners here on the program, just asked, what's the difference between basic income and employment insurance? Uh, I guess there's a multi-pronged answer to that, but, but one of the more basic uh, uh, components of that, Tom, is with uh, EI, uh, if you go to try to find work and, and you're making extra money, uh, they dock it from your, your, yeah. your check. Uh, yeah. This program and, here basically says, no, 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 go ahead and do that. We encourage you to do that, and we're not going to penalize you. A huge difference. Yeah, exactly. And it's and, and here's another area where, where Hugh Siegel has spoken passionately about the benefits of basic income. It's it's not bureaucratically heavy. You know, people just receive a, a check monthly uh, for their basic income needs. There there isn't means testing. Uh, there isn't uh, testing depending on on uh, whether you are necessarily working or not. Um, it it's recognizing that everybody needs a solid financial foundation. And then money you earn on top of that, uh, all the more power to you. And, and many people uh, from our pilot project and, and McMaster University and Wayne Luchek look very closely at the results of, of the pilot um, by, uh, by talking and, and serving local participants found that of those uh, individuals who were receiving a basic income and working, many of them were uh, using that to, to find better jobs, to improve their employment situations, uh, to get that additional training uh, to advance their career. Um, so I, I think it speaks, certainly. Uh, we've seen this in Hamilton uh, when basic income was tested in the 1970s in Manitoba. The same was true. Uh, people who receive basic income while working continue to work. Uh, and, and people uh, who are looking for work often find jobs as a result of, of having that solid financial foundation from which to work from. Now, a lot of the stuff you've just talked about is the same thing that, uh, that Hugh Siegel talked to, to us about and has, as you mentioned, been preaching for many, many years now as a proponent for this, this whole project of basic income. But then COVID hit. And that's the new reality, okay? So as helpful as that program would have been in quote-unquote usual circumstances, look at the unemployment rate now. Look at the number of homeless people. And we move, we have tent cities in Hamilton, a number of them, and in London, and places all over the, for the province right now. Uh, this is the, the biggest financial crisis, not just from an economic standpoint, but from a personal standpoint, that many of us have ever seen in our lifetimes. And God help us, hopefully we never see anything as bad as this in the future. But if there was ever a time to initiate a program like this, this is the time. 
Oh, absolutely, Bill. And, and we saw the government was able to move fairly quickly on establishing CERB, the Canadian Emergency Relief Benefit. And it recognized that $2,000 a month was really what people need as, as a minimum to live on, uh, to meet their basic needs, to pay the rent, to pay their mortgages. And I would see uh, basic income, a national basic income, as, as serving a very similar purpose. But basic income, in a sense, has been tried and it works here uh, on a national stage in, in Canada as well. We we have two very similar programs that are for particular demographics. We have the uh, Canada Child Benefit, which goes to low-income families and kids. Uh, it has been in existence for uh, about three or four years now, and it's done tremendous work in pulling low-income children and their families out of poverty. Well, it's actually even longer than that, Tom, because, I mean, it was really morphing into the old baby bonus checks that we've been true. handing out for generations. Yeah, this is a little more true. targeted in this particular case, but it, 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 your point's well taken, that it goes to help people that are doing this. And we do the same thing with seniors in many cases. Yeah, with the guaranteed income supplement uh, for low-income seniors, they can access uh, that benefit uh, that uh, goes to pull them above the poverty line if, if their other OAS and uh, and old age security doesn't, uh, doesn't help them uh, to move above the poverty line. So we know basic income works for those groups, the the challenge has really been for that group of working age adults between the ages of 18 and 64 who don't have any sort of safety net anymore. And and we saw how well CERB worked for that group of uh, of Canadians. And I, I think the government has to recognize that basic income moving forward is going to be essential. It's going to be an absolutely critical social policy of the 21st century. Well, and, and as I say, because of the timing, and I mean, COVID may not be with us forever, but it's with us right now, and it's devastating. People that never thought they were going to be out of work are now out of work. People that never thought they'd ever be able to make rent payments are no longer, uh, some of them are being shoved out on the streets since the moratorium on evictions has now been lifted. So, yeah. I mean, there's a need for this. And, and I know we're going to get into an argument when this, if, if in fact it does get presented, of, well, can we really afford this? I, we understand the deficit, but, you know, if we don't offer relief to those people that have been most impacted by this, uh, can we afford not to do this? What's that going to yeah. do to the economy and to people's lives? You know, if people have to hand over the keys to their house and say, I can't live here anymore, I can't afford it, uh, I can't find a job anymore. So uh, there's, there's, there's a basis for this. And, and, and like I say, I know that we presented the, a strong case for this, but there's always been a reticence of, of previous governments uh, to move in this direction. Uh, let's look at, and I know I, I'm dragging you into the politics, and I, don't, I know you're not comfortable doing that uh, because you're looking at the, the human story here. Uh, but this is a minority government. Mm-hmm. They're looking at a program right now, so we're told, uh, about this basic income. Uh, i got to assume that the NDP would be supportive of this. Uh, don't know how the bloc would be about this. The Green Party, I think, probably has uh, some support for this as well. Uh, so it could technically pass if those parties uh, decided to move forward on this. But I'm, the key for me I'm looking at is the Conservative Party. It's a, it's a well-placed Conservative and a long-time Conservative strategist that's advocating for this. He's not the only one, by the way. There's many others as well. Uh, but I, I hearken back to a quote uh, just around the time of the leadership convention when Aaron O'Toole eventually won the leadership, uh, Tom. And uh, I was watching... Uh, Brian Mulroney being interviewed on on one of the news programs. And uh, Mulroney, of course, is the last conservative premier to have two consecutive majority governments. And this track record, I think, is is well established now. But he said at that time, 
He said, look, if the conservatives have any idea of ever forming government, they've got to get off this idea of, of offering ridiculous and, and useless tax credits to people who are struggling economically and offer them some real assistance. Well, if the conservatives are going to heed uh, former Prime Minister Mulroney's uh, advice, this is as good a time as any to do it. I, I, I think you're right, Bill, but I'm not hopeful that they will take that direction. Just from the commentary I've seen from uh, many in the Conservative caucus, there doesn't seem to be much interest in, in following the lead of party elders like Hugh Siegel or Brian Mulroney on, on this front. And, and Brian Mulroney himself has said that uh, basic income is, is definitely something oh, absolutely. Uh, Canada needs to look at. I, I, I think I'm more confident in saying that uh, we're seeing a coalition building around the idea of basic income. Lee Gazan, who is a member of parliament from Winnipeg for the NDP, has a uh, petition out for a private member's bill to bring in a guaranteed livable income. Um, I, I know she has tens of thousands of uh, uh, signatures on that already, and uh, she's been able to galvanize uh, the Green Party uh, to co-sponsor it and has also got some uh, backbench uh, Liberal MPs supporting it too. So I think it bodes well if the government uh, does come out next Wednesday uh, during a throne speech to uh, to indicate that they will move forward with a basic income. I think we'll at least uh, see the the Liberals, the NDP, and the Green Party uh, getting behind the idea. I'm, you're right, I'm not sure about the Bloc Québécois. I think the Conservatives really need to uh, test the mood of the country and, and see that there is tremendous support for this idea right across Canada. Well, and, and time will tell. And, and, and I understand that there's, you know, there's a mindset right now, but this is all about reducing government spending. Uh, it's about spending money in the right places. I think that's what we need to consider. And, and like I say, this is all in the hypothetical because we don't know yet just what this is going to do and it's just how deeply the, the government seems to be committed to this. So uh, we'll find out, I guess, in the next week and a half or so. Tom, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having the time to come on and talk to us about this today. Thank you, Bill. Bye-bye. Tom Cooper, of course, from the Hamilton Roundtable for Poverty Reduction. Uh, basic income is uh, certainly an issue that, uh, that is going to be very, very relevant to what's going on with the economic pictures in Hamilton and London. We'll see how the federal government's going to respond to that. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.